Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell, and today we are talking about not Babe and Pig. That was our last episode. Today we are talking about Spy and Goldfinger. <laughs> First, let's get up. Mackenzie, what have you been watching, reading, or listening to to get you through these dying days of summer? Okay, well, f- honestly, I am, like, thriving right now, I feel like. Well, sort of. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> you know, comparatively, too. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. I feel like this summer is really sad, and now, as soon as it has been, like, September, I've been, like, crispier. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been feeling... Love it. Way better. Um, so... Yeah, good for me. <laughs> um, but the first thing I'm into is the documentary Lula Rich on Prime. Um, I It's about LuLaRoe, which is the multi-level marketing uh, mm. scam <laughs> that like had a huge rise in popularity and then a huge down, downfall over the past few years. And... Um, I just love mm. documentaries or like media around MLMs because I think they're so, you know, predatory and terrible. Yeah. And I think you said it when I was talking to you about it that mm. it's nice to watch a crime documentary that doesn't involve murder. Yeah. Um, and I think that, mm. you know, sums up how I feel about um, this documentary. 100%. I do think that an MLM is like so like sneakily uh dangerous because i mm-hmm. think that it like preaches this you know positivity and like empowerment mm-hmm. and uh like praise on like women m- yeah right? like moms yeah. that are that want to like make a business when they can <sighs> still like take care of their kids and mm-hmm. um and like work from home basically and i think that i think that like in another life honestly i could have fallen victim to this pretty easily just because i think that when i was like younger and a kid i really loved i had like an entrepreneurial spirit (laughs) i am so lemonade stand i am now so jaded but like yeah i would make like business cards for my babysitting and stuff Yeah, yeah but i so like i can definitely like i see the appeal and it just makes me so mm. frustrated and sad that yeah. people are being taken advantage of. And I just fucking hate, like, fake positivity Scammers. empowerment shit. Ugh, like, yeah. oof. <laughs> so I hope that, like, documentaries like this keep getting made. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, like, years ago I talked about a podcast called The Dream on, the, mm. on this podcast, which... Uh, I also liked and went talked about different MLMs and even Lou the Rich talks about some other MLMs as well that I mm-hmm. one I didn't even realize was an MLM and etc. It goes deep. It goes deep. Yeah. So I definitely recommend that. It's pretty quick. I think there's only four episodes um, of the documentary. Mm. So and the people that are the like leaders of it are like terrible so um it's it's honestly it's fun to watch them like squirm Mm. as they like are Mm. you know get grilled yeah Yeah. um so that's that that's the rich on prime and 
The second thing I'm into is the new Casey Musgraves album called Starcrust. And oh my gosh, when you said when we were talking about Starcrust earlier, I thought you meant this HBO Max show or something about. Okay, you mean this Casey Musgraves album? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I, I was excited. I was like, I listened to the first song and I really liked it, and then I listened to the whole album, and I also liked the whole album i think but i really was like hooked from the first song i think and which the first song is starcrossed yeah and it is kind of like well okay i'll just preface this with saying i'm self-conscious talking about this right now because i listened to the pop culture happy hour episode and they were like they were just tepid on it we don't like it (laughs) i'm like i'm wrong (laughs) we're amateurs so we can think and do whatever we want okay i also feel like so so i liked this because i think it seemed very like cinematic Mm. and um is it her trying to do lemonade i don't think so okay because i think to me like i think one of the criticisms that pop culture happy hour gave it was that some of the songs like blended together some and like I could definitely see that. I mean, I've only listened to the album like twice. So, uh-huh. um, and another thing they criticized was like that it was sort of like shallow. Like some of her mm. lyrics were like too on the nose and didn't seem personal enough. But mm. I think that I sort of disagree. I think that like it is a breakup album, but it's mm-hmm. like a divorce album, so it like hits kind of like harder a little bit for me at least just because it's like mm. i don't know there's implied like a longer term relationship there mm-hmm. and i think that i think they were in pop culture happier hour they were like she's not really saying anything new mm. and like i can definitely see that but i think that like her but also it's like i don't really care <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's not why like i listen to yeah. you know like i feel like and and i feel like with the breakup album like the reason that you listen to a breakup album is to like be seen mm. in it and it's like if you mm-hmm. get too personal with it i feel like it's less relatable yeah for everyone yeah which i feel so i feel like i'm okay with it being like on the nose or whatever sure you know? sure um yeah. and yeah, like I said, I really liked the production of a lot of the songs. Like, um, it seemed like pretty like unique to me. But I would also say that I have not really got into Golden Hour, which mm. was her Grammy winning oh, album. Yeah. And I think that's because I wasn't like hooked from the first song like I was with this one. So I feel like this is sort of like my gateway into yeah. Casey Musgraves, mm-hmm. which is also fine. Um, I think that in pop culture happy hour they were also comparing it to golden hour and so they had really high hopes Mm. but i didn't have that so i think it's just a different experience for me Mm -hmm. but i'm excited to also get into golden hour so golden hour is pretty good yeah i haven't listened to the new one though yeah i i do like i said it's it seems like cinematic and they keep everyone says like it's supposed to be like a greek tragedy including casey musgraves and i'm not sure it's that but Uh, it does like spark my imagination and sort of remind me of like a 
sunsetty western mm. romance kind of but mm. anyway i liked it so whatever <laughs> um the third thing that i'm into is the third season of sex education which is a show that i've talked about on this podcast who knows in what episode i don't know um but it's a show on netflix that's set in england about a school that uh uh, is sort of like sex obsessed like a high school that's mm-hmm. sort of like sex obsessed and um the like premise is that one of the students moms is a sex therapist and he sort of takes her teachings and sort of offers a sex therapy mm. clinic to kids at school um just like offering them advice and um since the first season where that premise was sort of set up that like sex clinic thing has ended but um the show just keeps getting more like expansive in terms of its like Mm -hmm. characters and the and the characterization of all of the Mm -hmm. a large cast of characters so i think that for me it's been a while since I've seen the first and second season, so this could be like sort of a skewed view, but I think mm-hmm. that I appreciate that they're distancing themselves from the main character, who's named Otis, mm. played by Asa Butterfield. I think that's yeah. his name. <laughs> yep. It sounds fake. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. Um, they're sort of distancing themselves a little bit more for that to make room for some of the other characters, which I actually really appreciate. Um, because Otis can be a little bit uh, annoying, <laughs> to say mm. the least. Um, mm. But there have been some, like, there's, like, such great growth with, like, all of the, I guess you could call them side characters, but they don't feel like that. You really care about them, and uh, especially in this season, like, characters that have been there the whole time have been, like, brought to the forefront. Some new characters have been introduced, and... It's, I just finished the last episode uh, right before recording this, and it just really... Mm. I was, like, crying. There's a... Not to spoil it, but there's, like, a part where two best friend... Girl, girl best friends say, like, we don't have great moms. Like, let's be each other's moms. And I just was, like, crying about that. Aww. And, like, a guy who used to be a bully, like, participated in a dog show, and it was super cute (laughs) i don't know it just it it was like uh it's just about like being there for the people in your life and like finding things that you like to do and finding joy in that so that's sex education i really liked it what about you bridget i feel like i've been talking for one million years (laughs) um i started a new show recently um why the last man I read the comic, I mean, sorry, the graphic novel series, and I guess 2011, um, there by Brian K. Vaughn, and at the time, I was really profoundly moved by them. I thought they were really funny and exciting and really made me think a lot. Um, You know, 10 whole years later, which is kind of crazy to say, uh, it's a TV show, and it was stuck in adaptation hell for a really long time with lots of different showrunners and producers and even stars attached to it in various phases. I think Shia LaBeouf at one point was going to play the main mm-hmm. character. Like, that's how far back it's been in limbo. 
Um, and so the current iteration that has made its way to Hulu and FX is um, show run by Eliza Clark. It has all women directors and writers um, and a cast with some recognizable people in it, like Amber Tamblyn and Diane Lane um, and Olivia Thurbley. Uh, it has attempted to reconcile with a lot of the um, balls that the original graphic novel series dropped or just didn't consider. Um, I haven't read the graphic novel series in 10 years since I first read it, but it definitely did not contend with or incorporate the stories. So the premise of, I should back up and say that the premise of why the last man is a plague, an unknown plague kills every creature with a Y chromosome on the planet. And, um, the way that's framed in the original graphic novel is that all men are dead. But of course, like now we would not think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so this series really attempts to incorporate, or so far it has, I'm only on the fourth episode. It has attempted to incorporate and acknowledge that trans men exist and, mm-hmm. um, you know, would mean that there's one cis man left in the world, but there are still men. Um, and I think I was really worried about how they would handle that and kind of thought at the time, this is not worth adapting Mm because it's going to get into such such weird territory pretty quickly. Um, but the TV show I think does a good idea of kind of doing this thought exercise of what would happen if, you know, most of the world's pilots died, most of the world's truck drivers died, Mm -hmm. power plant operators Um, and all these other fields that women have been kind of shut out of. Mm. Um, And that was my favorite part of the series originally, too. Like, I remember um, in the series, uh, Israel becomes, like, a superpower pretty quickly because they have a standing army since everyone is conscripted to serve. So they have a bunch of women in the army who are kind of, like, ready to take over immediately. Um, I'm enjoying it, though. I think the cast is really strong. And the main character who... (coughs) is a guy named Yorick is just like the perfect amount of asshole. Like he's really you're like, why this guy? Every, the women around him are so much more interesting. And that's obviously like the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm enjoying it so far and I hope it doesn't disappoint me. Cool. Um, the other thing I'm into is I watched Annette by Leo Caras Carax. I took many years of French and I don't know how to pronounce this man's name. <laughs> It stars Adam Driver and Marianne Cotillard. You've probably heard about it as the movie where Adam Driver goes down on Marianne Cotillard while singing, which he does do. (laughs) It is bonkers. It was really fun to watch because it feels so rare that I encounter a movie that's basically like, I don't care if you like me. I am one person's singular vision and I am not compromising. And I did feel uh, many times throughout it that it's truly remarkable that this guy got Adam Driver to sign on. I guess Adam Driver's a risk taker, but it's just a really crazy movie. And mm-hmm. the, some of the music is pretty good and has been in my head uh, and competing with TikTok noises. So that is, <laughs> uh, you know, says something. Um, the last thing I'm into is there's a new season of What We Do in the Shadows on Hulu. Um, it's taken a while to warm up, I think. The first two seasons were so strong, and I watched them during quarantine basically maybe three times each. Whoa. Um, we watched them a lot. Like we were a real comfort watch for Aww. us. Um, and I think the first se- episode of this new season, that's kind of made me think like, okay, they're back in stride 
is the vampires go to Atlantic City. Oh um, my god, I have to watch it. (laughs) Like bachelor party wedding or something. Um, So (laughs) it's pretty good. When they do stuff like that, like when they have the vampires really interact with like the mundane world of humans, those are my favorite parts of the series. Like in season one, they go to a town council meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's just the shit I love from that show. (laughs) And I feel like they're really ratcheting up the kind of unspoken romance between Guillermo and uh, Nandor. So excited to see where that goes. Um, such a weird dynamic. It's so interesting. Um, Mackenzie, are you a secret agent? Don't tell me. Don't blow your covers. <laughs> but we're about to talk about Spy and Goldfinger. We, okay. <laughs> Spy is from 2015. Susan Cooper is a glorified assistant in the CIA. She spends her days feeding information to a dashing spy. Bradley Fine, whom she may have feelings for. When Bradley seemingly dies on a mission, Susan must take the field to thwart an international terrorist plot and in the process become a super spy. Super spy! It's like that um, Backyardigan song. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is written and directed by Paul Feig, who is quite the guy around town. Um, creator of Freaks and Geeks, director of of Bridesmaids. I feel like my least favorite thing he's done is the Ghostbusters reboot, TBH. Like, what a disappointment after The Heat, Bridesmaids, and The Spy. Like, I never saw it, but I should watch it. Just, you know. It was not great. I mean, like, it's just, I hate this stupid, this kind of ties into to um, some of the conversation around James Bond right now and whether a woman should be James Bond. Yeah. It's like, let's just give ourselves new things, you right. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a great example of Paul Feig not doing what he did with fucking Ghostbusters, <laughs> which isn't even a very good original property, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, he was like, let's just give ourselves something new to work with. And the new thing is... Melissa McCarthy starring as Susan Cooper and kind of getting to subvert and play upon all of these fun spy tropes. Yeah, it is. It is nice that it's new and not, I think that, I think that I actually have like a hard time with comedy movies Mm. generally because I am I joke that I'm not funny or that I am not fun. And sometimes it's kind of true. Like, I just am not very silly or something. Yes, you are. I'm rolling my eyes over here. I don't know. I just like. So I'm glad it wasn't like super spoofy, you know, Mm. because I think that I just would I would be very bored by that. But this movie is really funny. Yeah, and I think what I love about this movie, too, is that it has a very specific idea about how each character is funny. Um, You know, like, whether it's uh, Nancy, who is Susan's best friend and coworker, like, why she's funny versus why Jason Statham is funny Mm -hmm. and probably the best role he's ever had in his (laughs) life as this kind of rogue agent Mm -hmm. who is basically playing himself all of the other roles he's ever been in, but with like a a generous wink. Yeah. Um, And he's so he's very funny in it. And it's nice. I love when they let people work outside their known range like that Mm -hmm. and it works. 
Um, I will say that it's similar to his role in Fast and the Furious, at least once he's part of the team. Oh, okay. I wonder if they took it from this. <laughs> maybe. Or they, at least, like... Maybe they knew he was funny based you know, on this movie. Yeah, with some cross-reference, like... Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and Melissa McCarthy shines so much in this movie. Mm-hmm. My theory about her is that... So she works a lot with her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those movies, you've probably, like, not seen her in, but like noticed her in mm-hmm. like a identity thief mm-hmm. those like many movies she makes yeah. those are all her husband's movies <laughs> that she stars in yeah. and i feel like she's really really good when she's paired with paul feig mm-hmm. um and like he really gets her humor and um like those are the types of movies that i'm talking about where they're like too silly exactly where i just exactly. can't get into them yes exactly and paul feig in an interview with RogerEbert.com says what I suspected, which is that they did not try to make this movie a spoof. Like, mm-hmm. this is just his spy movie. He's a huge James Bond fan and really likes the Daniel Craig's James Bond. And this was just his version of a spy movie um, that he wanted to do and also make funny. And I think it's super successful. I just think it's, like, such a charming film. Mackenzie, do you have a favorite, like, funny bit or action bit in this movie? Um, I really like when... Uh, Jason Statham and Melissa McCarthy sort of have like a I, well I like their chemistry together first of all I just mm-hmm. think they're yeah. really funny because he's so like dumb and she's really smart <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. and he just comes off very like cool but she's not you know there yet I guess confidence wise but she is very mm. cool too but yeah. I think there's a moment in the hotel room where they sort of have like a they go back and forth saying like, no, you no you. And then he yeah. says like, no, you times infinity, which I think is just yeah. really funny. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, I think that was my favorite gag. Yeah. My favorite part of this movie in terms of laughs mm-hmm. is so stupid. She encounters, she's um, Mel- Melissa McCarthy's character is undercover as um, Rose Byrne's bodyguard. Who's like this evil terrorist, Marie Antoinette. And, <laughs> She runs into another one of Raina's bodyguards, who's this Swedish actor. He's blonde. And Melissa McCarthy is so, like, vulgar and mean to him that she makes him cry. And I don't know why. That part gets me so hard. He, she says, are you going to cry? He goes, I'm not. I'm not crying. Um, that I whole part where they, like, have his character, they introduce him for, like, five minutes, and then she just bullies him, and he dies. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. And this movie I think is funny about gender too. Mm-hmm. And um what I think we have noticed about spy movies is that they have very weird gender politics, but mm-hmm. this movie is like men and women are both gonna be silly. Yeah. Um, which I really enjoy. Uh I remember listening to not to just constantly retread pop culture happy hour discussions, <laughs> but I remember listening to Linda Holmes talk about this movie and point out that Paul Feig clearly has such affection for his leading lady and her, you know, she's really one of the only non-straight-sized actresses. She's the probably the most successful non-straight-sized yeah. actress um, and fat actress that I can think of. Right. And in this movie, her weight is never the joke, which I really, mm-hmm. truly appreciate. Yeah. And she's hot. Mm-hmm. She like she goes through a bit of a makeover experience, but it's not like it's not like 
they make her blonde or they take off her glasses. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. more like her outer, her inner worth is like just expressed because right. she can like make decisions for herself. Right. Well, I think it's also yeah. like underlined by she like hasn't been making the best decisions for herself because she's been sort of manipulated into this place mm. where she's sort of undervalued. Uh, yeah. And yeah. taken advantage of from mm. the spy, <laughs> Bradley Fye and Jude Law's character. And he just like, I think it does do a good job of not making her body a joke, but I think it does do a good job of balancing like the way that she mm. is treated differently because of that. Yeah, you know, and like her physical comedy, she's a really physical actress yeah. too. And yeah. the, it's cool to see her be athletic as well. Like she is a yeah. spy, <laughs> so she does yeah. spy things. Like she has like chase scenes and fight scenes, mm. and like can, can shoot a gun. But she's also like she also like is not used to violence, so she'll like throw mm-hmm. up when she stabs someone she's, or yeah. whatever, which is just another very realistic, really funny thing. <laughs> Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do wish I will say at the makeover scenes, I wish she had sexier. Like, I wish she showed a little more skin. She's like totally covered head to toe. Like this whole. Movie. I know. I feel like, um, like fat women just have the short end of the stick with a lot of like clothing design. Mm-hmm. Um, like no one knows how to do inventive or like sexy clothing for like bigger women it's like a red carpet issue too Mm -hmm. you know like you see melissa mccarthy in that type of dress like all the time you know it's just like i'm probably not articulating that well but i think i I think it is getting like better but it's definitely it is it's definitely harder like it takes more like effort to i think Mm -hmm. just like oh well i think i think you can wear whatever you want if you're fat but i think that like Mm -hmm. if it it's harder to like find something in your size or mm-hmm. like obviously which is so just so shitty and it's also harder to feel probably like more confident when you don't see that representation in something that you would like Definitely. to wear mm-hmm. totally um totally uh rose Byrne is very funny in this movie i like that she gets to be just like a hot weirdo in some films yeah. um miranda hart as nancy is such a I love her mm-hmm. in this movie and I love their friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I wrote in a tired haze last night that this movie is like, you can't do things without help from others. <laughs> Cause it's like, Susan is basically just like an assistant to Bradley fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and feels really like pigeonholed by that. But then in her own mission, she's able to succeed because she has help from her friend who is, there for her mm-hmm. you know yeah that's my corny takeaway oh i love that yeah um do you have a favorite gadget that was used that's a very important to a spy movie <laughs> it's funny because the the gadgets in this movie are all part of like a like a gag so like she's yeah. given a bunch of like grossly disguised mm. things like hemorrhoid cream that yeah does i don't know something I don't know. I don't remember what. But I think my favorite, I guess, would be the stool softeners that are an anti-poison yeah. <laughs> thing. Because yep. I think it's funny how she like goes to grab for them when she's poisoned. Yes. Yes. That is very funny. <laughs> That's a good gag. Um, yeah. I liked all those things, too. Uh, when we were talking before this episode, we both kind of mentioned like not having the whole terroristic plot down 
even though I've seen this movie maybe five or six times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that's my theory about spy movies now. Is I it's think so just too. Like the twists. It's kind of like when we watched The Big Sleep and we didn't understand I it. I think so too. Uh, I was just going to say that because I think mm-hmm. I was like, is this a thing with like older movies? Because we were watching James Bond and I was like, what? We'll get into it. But like, I have no idea what happened mm. in that movie. But I yeah. was like, you know what? I also don't know what happened in Spy. To be fair, yeah, like, <laughs> I, exactly. You're along for the ride. Exactly, you're along for exactly. the ride. And it's also it's kind of like it made me the James Bond thing made me think of in Columbus mm-hmm. that movie we watched in August. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the the Culkin kids says, you know, like it's not that you have trouble paying attention; it just doesn't like interest you. Okay, um, but. I love this movie, and I need to say that I think Peter Serenafowitz as Aldo is very sexy yeah. to me. I, that's another good gag at the end when yeah. he pretends to be British. And is he or is he actually British? I don't know. Pretending to be Aldo. I don't know. I don't know either. That's why they need to do a spy too. Yeah, I hope they do. Do you think they will? Yeah. I would really love to see that. And I know the online film and TV store, Super Yaki, had like hats for a while that said, make Spy 2, you cowards. <laughs> um, it's just my favorite Melissa McCarthy role. Mm. And it's I don't love it as much as Bridesmaids, but mm-hmm. it's up there for me in terms of a recent comedy. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think it is my, I think exactly what you said. It's my favorite mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy role, but I like Bridesmaids yeah. more, but. Yeah. I think that's just the nature of the, the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like friendship stuff. And yeah. I think that's, like, obviously the main theme of Bridesmaids. But mm-hmm. this has a little bit McCann- more, you know. I think For, yeah. I think there were parts of Spy that were almost too silly where I was like, oh, I'm got- it's, like, losing me a little bit. Like, I got mm-hmm. a little tired of, like, her, like, cat lady yeah, sure. stuff or whatever. But, you know. Mm-hmm whatever (laughs) yeah um Mackenzie before we move on do you think spy movies are like adjacent to copaganda somehow or do you think they're more about I think they're almost like bigger scope especially with the James Bond movie we saw they're like rather than copaganda being about how cops have like total power in America this is more like about how Americans I know James Bond is not American uh like have total power overseas you know it's always like an if international intrigue Mm. and plot line and um i don't know that's a half-baked thought that i'm just gonna lay at your feet Um, to me it feels like uh at least for me with the like i think in spy it's pretty clear Mm. that melissa mccarthy is like a good person but it also does like blur the line between like Mm spies being good and bad because that's a whole nother part i think of the plot is that there are a bunch of like double agents and stuff Mm -hmm. and bradley fine is also maybe bad i don't remember he's he's good and bad okay he's a double agent okay yeah so triple agent i I think and like i think with james bond too like like it just feels like the spies are also villains yeah. I don't know. It just it to me. It's just about more about like crime rather than like mm. any sort of false sense of justice. But yeah, I yeah. do. I do think that, mm, and it's sort point. of like this like under underbelly like 
Secret government, like yeah. the government is like doing yeah. things behind the scenes, which whatever mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> if that didn't make any sense, get ready for us to talk about Goldfinger's plot. <laughs> Mackenzie, do you want to jump into one star reviews for Spy? Sure, um, let's do it. Watching this, you think you're in for an entertaining James Bond spoof. Sure enough, the first five minutes set that up nicely. What follows is a disgrace. In short, this has the potential to be entertaining, but it is ruined by a constant barrage of vulgarity. (laughs) A lot of people don't like women swearing. Yeah. And also, Mm. you texted me before this and was like, is there a penis in this movie? And I was like, I don't think so. So many people. But there is, actually. (laughs) So many people in the IMDb reviews were like, why was there so much full frontal nudity? And I was like, what? I don't remember that. I've seen this movie a couple of times. And, and then I, I, I did remember, yes. There are, like, yeah. actual mm-hmm. dick pics. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just desensitized to that now. Yeah, that, like, vulgarity. Like, there's violence in this movie. Why doesn't that bother you? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. So the second one-star review is, My daughter told me this was a funny film, so I watched it. I will never trust a teenager again. I forgot that teenagers will laugh at a fake willy joke every time, and this film does the same. Yeah, because teens are awesome and they know it's funny, old man. Um, the uh, da, 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 the last uh, review is just bored, James Bored. Super clever. Which I feel like applies to James Bond Arm, more yeah, a little bit. Definitely, definitely. Mackenzie, what is your rating for Spy? I am going to rate it a six and a half. Because I think it's really funny and I like Melissa McCarthy and yeah I'm gonna rate it this is crazy I'm gonna rate it an 8 go for I it I love this movie I think it's so funny and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm pretty snobby about comedy sometimes uh, but not as snobby I, as me obviously <laughs> yeah this one just it makes me giggle I have fun watching it every time looking out for the gags and the lines mm-hmm. that I know and love um and I hope that they. this is the rare movie where I'm like, I want to see more of this yeah. exact same thing. Uh, and now it's time for us to talk about Goldfinger. <laughs> Goldfinger! Um, which came out in 1964. Dang. Crazy. Well, Maybe one of the older films we've talked about. Yeah. Probably, like, The Big Sleep is the only one that comes close. Yeah, and remember, what was that movie we watched that we didn't end up releasing because we didn't understand it? Oh, my God. Wait, what the or fuck? Or was it that we just didn't have anything to say? What was it? Oh, my God. It was a noir. Was it Laura? Yep. No. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I still don't. I don't. I can't honestly. <laughs> oh, my God. The last episode. Single, I cannot summon a thing to my mind about that movie. I totally forgot about that. Holy shit. That's so funny. <laughs> Okay, Goldfinger. Oric Goldfinger is a gold magnet with a killer plot. Contaminate the United States bullion dispensary? I thought bullion was like something you put in stew, but. I thought so too. This movie is whatever, keep going. Incomprehensible. Luckily, James Bond, horny British super spy, is able to thwart him. Through his wit, cunning, and inability to take no for an answer, Bond prevails. Um, so we watched this movie, and I have not seen 
This is my first James Bond movie, too. I have seen perhaps one of the Daniel Craig movies, but I have no memory of it mm-hmm. other than watching it with a group of boys in high school, and they all were like in a titter about he like is naked in one scene and like get tortured. <laughs> and they were all, you know, in that That's way that a, all teenage yeah, boys are kind of have like homoerotic fixations. Yeah. They were all like really into that. Ooh. So, well, I think there's a lot of like weird, like Freudian stuff in James Bond. Um, yeah. And also, like, I think that's Casino Royale, that movie. That's probably it. But I have seen that and have very little memory of that as well. But I've seen most of the Daniel Craig ones, I think. But no other old ones. Okay. Well, if I had to explain what happens in this movie, if I had a gun to my head or a laser beam going up my crotch, (laughs) I would be like, James Bond is a spy, but he mostly just chills near pools and he is told like you gotta watch this guy or a goldfinger who's just like this jolly german man (laughs) who's hanging out by a pool as well and then he he plays golf with auric goldfinger and he cheats at golf so he has to be a criminal right and then he tails him to switzerland or someplace (laughs) And, oh, I forgot where he makes the woman gold. His evil superpower is killing women by skin suffocation. Oh, yeah. They, like, them explain with gold. it. It's crazy. And you think that's going to happen again? Nope. Just happens once. Yeah. Um, and then James Bond goes to his Tennessee horse farm where he meets <laughs> a group of terroristic female pilots that work for him and uncovers a plot to gas Fort Knox. Fort Knox? Because is Fort Knox a bank? Do they say it's a, is Fort Knox a bank or something? Is it the bullion dispensary? I don't, oh, okay. Is he going to steal gold? Look, we watched this movie (laughs) and we're smart people, but that's what I was able to, and James Bond stops him with the help of pussy galore. Basically, she stops him because mm-hmm. she's the one who switches the gas. I did catch that, and they talk about that. Okay, She's, like, working for Goldfinger mm-hmm. and then turns against him and aids in the other side's effort, like, by not using poison gas. So, really, she defeats Goldfinger, and James Bond is just imprisoned, <laughs> goofing around. I've tried right. to, I watched this movie twice and I still didn't understand what happened. But I think what, that it, yeah. it was a lot of like, it was a lot of like, like props and different set pieces mm. and uh, like different women that were all the same. And that's it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there are <laughs> remarkably three women in this movie, main women, like main, like named, <laughs> and two of them die yeah. uh, pretty quickly into their plot lines. Yeah. One of them through gold asphyxiation. And the other uh, from a hat being thrown at her head. Yeah. <laughs> the main villain. So <laughs> Goldfinger has a henchman that has a bowler hat. And his that's his weapon. He like throws it. Yeah. And it like will it decapitates yeah. a statue. Yeah. It 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 kills a woman. 
Yeah. Did you understand yeah. that? Was it like bladed somehow? Yeah, it was. It was reinforced with like lead, okay. or something. So it was. It was a special hat, Mackenzie. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's talk about Sean Connery. Yeah. I felt high <laughs> trying to understand his accent because at time. At first, I texted Mackenzie. He has an American accent in this film. And all I know about James Bond is that he's British. And then the more I listened, the more I was like, it's not American. And it's really not a British accent either. It's like it's, Scottish, right? Like It's his Scottish accent. And then he like tries to do a British accent. And mostly it just made me think about how last month I watched Dragonheart. Have you seen mm, that movie? Mm, mm-hmm. Well, he's the dragon in it. And I just thought of him, his voice being the dragon. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that this is another where I was like, do old time, like in the same way I was like, do old timey movies <laughs> just not make sense. I was also like, in old timey movies, everyone has British accents. Yeah. Do you know perhaps. what I mean? They all that have like that too. weird, yes. like, um, you can do it where it's like the, tw- the 20s, like, hmm. Ah. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> That's how Pussy Galore sounded to me. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bond. Um, yeah, I could see that. I liked Pussy Galore. I yeah, liked me too. that she looked like a, a age-appropriate woman. Yeah, me too. And that I had a lot of moments throughout the film where I was like, good for you, Pussy Galore. Yeah. You know, like, you're kind of evil, which I think is, like, a prerequisite for Bond girls. That's what mm. I know about Bond girls mm-hmm. is that they're very tricksy. <laughs> and sometimes they do bad things. Yeah. Um, but they'll always fall for James Bond. <laughs> um, and, you know, James Bond's interactions with women in this film are very fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, he meets the woman at the beginning of the film who works for Goldfinger, mm-hmm. who I thought was going to be a main character. Me too. Uh, stupidly. <laughs> and the first thing he says to her is like, oh, you're fucking Goldfinger? And the first thing he says when he meets Pussy Galore is like, so you're fucking Goldfinger? Yeah. And I was like, dude, maybe they're just female employees. Yeah. And that's okay. like sort of what Pussy says. She's like, yeah. I'm just a good pilot. Yeah. Which I liked. Yeah. I like that Pussy like calls out Bond, I think, a few times. But and yeah, I also but ultimately, feel bought, like ultimately they hook up, but possibly not by choice. Yes. That's another thing. <laughs> Manola Dargis in the New York Times wrote this article, maybe like post Me Too, about the forced kiss in mm-hmm. cinema and how so many older movies have this Ugh. like kiss between the leading man and a woman where it seems like he's just smushing his face against hers, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And that it says like, and definitely Bond's first kiss with Pussy is like not consensual at first and then she like gives into it, you right. know? Yeah, they're like um, literally physically fighting and like yeah. he they're both choking each other and he's like trying yeah. to get close he's like trying to force yeah. his way closer to her face really fucking weird yeah. and Carrie Fukunaga who directed the No Time for to Die which has been just waiting to be released for like my whole life <laughs> at this point said recently in an interview that um Sean Connery's I can't find where I put it, but basically to summarize, Carrie Fukunaga is like, yeah, Sean Connery's James Bond is like super rapey. <laughs> yeah. I think he says like he's a rapist. Yeah. Basically. And I feel like, and Daniel Craig recently also said and got misquoted uh, by a lot of clickbaity articles. 
he basically was like women and people of color like deserve better than James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, which is right. And like, I can see the appeal of this character and I've heard that Ian Fleming was, it's like his fantasy about, you know, like British imperialism and like men being super important and getting to do whatever they want. Right. Um, yep. and I can see the appeal of that fantasy, certainly, especially in a film character that's so charming, but why would we like Ghostbusters? Why would we want, to stick a woman in that role right yeah yeah it is like just give us more the new stuff original stuff yeah yeah exactly yeah give us more original stuff um i do think that uh mission impossible mm. with the addition of rebecca ferguson has like they just wrote in like a really cool like Mm. woman spy character which i think is Mm. Like, she also is, like, a romantic interest, but I I do really like her character in that, in that Mission Impossible, but I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. a Bond movie do that yet, even with the Daniel yeah. Craig movies. Yeah. And I know that they're, like, they have a different double O agent in these new movies that's a woman, a black woman, um, but the fantasy at the root of these movies is just not accommodating to anyone except a white guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mackenzie, my favorite gadget from this film to totally pivot is clearly without a doubt, the seagull hat that he wears at the beginning of the film. (laughs) I don't even remember that. Oh my gosh. He's like, he's scuba diving and he has like a fake seagull on top of his head. I, how did I miss that? Like what? That was like the first scene. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. When with the bomb. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Where? Yeah, what? The it's fuck? a lot of his gadgets are like, oh yeah, we just have that in our phone now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if yeah. I have a favorite gadget. That's okay. This movie was difficult for us <laughs> listeners. And if we did not cover things you want to hear from two women talking about James Bond, we're sorry. Yeah, part of me, so after, like, hearing, like, after me thinking I was wrong about Casey Musgraves, mm-hmm. I was like, am I too harsh? Like, am I ruining no. movies for people? I don't, I don't know. It's something to think about. I don't think, like, I don't care about James Bond, but, like, other movies, you know? <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um but in this case, no. Yeah. You're just the right amount of critical. Yeah. It's just one of those things, too, that, like, with older films, like, it has to be, there's, there's value in, like, watching things that no longer conform to, like, our current standards. Right. But then sometimes it's like, fuck it. Yeah. Actually, I don't need to watch this. Right. I do. Yeah. Whatever. I think, I think you're totally right. I think it's like, mm. it was, the, like, a shitty time for a lot of people like and it's i mean it's still bad but like i don't think you know mm-hmm. we don't have to like glorify them i think like some of the i think older movies are interesting to watch sometimes because of like the like techniques that they might mm-hmm. you know be the first to do or just yeah. see like the origin of things like i think Definitely. jaws is a good example of that yeah um but yeah this one it's not like that i feel like no (laughs) do you want to jump into one star sure 
Okay. I'll read this first one. The number two person in the conspiracy to nuke Fort Knox changes sides and betrays her comrades because Bond slept with her? Give me a break. Judging from her personality, she'd be about the last person in the world I expect to do such a thing. Justice for pussy galore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. Uh, Pussy Galore is a really unlikable character. Not only is she just plain homely, but she brags and brags and brags about herself. Are you fucking kidding me? No, she, like, what the fuck? James Bond. Look at James Bond. (laughs) Look inside yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one is Bond's carelessness gets two women needlessly killed. (laughs) Which is true. It is. This movie also is super silly. I will say it is very silly. Like it he, is fun for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Like I, he like gets karate chopped in his neck, and then it's like passed out for hours. The hat thing, yeah. like we discussed, and which I will post a vid clip of to or Instagram. like him, him like in the cabin when the one woman's trying to spy on him, and he just keeps being like, "Nope, I'm yeah. gonna cover those holes." Yeah. <laughs> like, Ooh, okay, yeah. Mackenzie, what are you gonna rate? Goldfinger, and I cannot believe I got through this whole episode without calling it Goldmember because I kept telling Tim, we're watching Goldmember, not Goldfinger. And so he, I just kept saying that over and over. He thought we were watching the Austin Powers movie. That's funny. <laughs> um, I don't know, Bridget. I'm going to give it a three if you feel like. Can't, yeah, I'll just copy you. I'll give it a three. <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't hate it in the same way that I hate, hated some of the other movies that we watched. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't make me mad. It just made me, like, confused. Like yeah. And, like, yeah. 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 I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. Sorry to same. all. <laughs> Sorry to anybody who grew up with this movie. My parents were saying that they really liked the Daniel Craig James Bond movies better. Like, they watched this one and they didn't like it because they're just into daniel craig now as james bond i think that's like the general consensus is that yeah the daniel he craig ones are just it. the best yeah he, he's like tired of doing them but he's the only reason why there will be more james <laughs> bond movies <laughs> <sighs> all right well chick flicks is researched and written by bridget hovell and edited by mackenzie chapman many thanks to tim grief carlson for our music Our next episode will air on October 10th, and we'll be discussing Werewolves Within and Malignant. Because it will be Halloween time. Yes. (laughs) Um, You can follow ChickFlix on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod, and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.